Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, where I help empower families to thrive after having a baby. My goal is to educate on real food, physical health, and becoming our best selves. I'm Michelle Taggy. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and have a master's in data analytics. I'm the co-author of the Real Food for Real Moms postpartum prep guide, and I am the creator of the Real Food for Real Babies online baby feeding course. In today's episode, I'm talking to Anne-Marie Garland, and this is the first episode in a three-part mini-series on her pregnancy and labor and delivery experiences. And in today's episode, we're talking about her experience with HG, which is extreme nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. And she talks about the options she was given around medication, how she handled it, and when she started to see some relief from this condition. And I think it's a really good listen for anyone who might be going through this or might know somebody going through this. Hi, Marie. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Michelle. I'm so glad that this finally worked out. I feel like we talked about this, like, like since I'm currently pregnant, I now have time frame makes sense. I feel like we talked about recording this like six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, if I don't have a baby, we can record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, any day now for you, but um, so excited to get into some pregnancy topics. And now you, now after, you know, since six months ago, you know, a lot more how this one has been going. <laughs> yeah. Which is totally different. I think that that's a good experience to share, especially when we're talking about such a heavy topic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's start with HG, um, hypermesis gravid. <laughs> Wait, how do you say it? I actually don't know. I say hyperemesis gravidarium, but I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. I just okay. say HG. Okay. HG. I'm literally anytime I text it to somebody, I have to Google how to spell it. So. Okay. So it's not just me. I've heard of HG. I didn't know. I had to look up the longer name, but um, so yeah, you had this with your first pregnancy. Did it start right away? I, for, with both pregnancies, it started at five weeks and initially it was more what I assume is like typical pregnancy nausea. You know, you just kind of don't feel great. The, the tricks that everybody suggests will actually somewhat work a little bit early on. So for example, like that first week or the first, I don't remember for my first, what it was like that first uh, week five. I know it started week five. Actually, I do. Okay, so with my first kid, that this is, she's turning four. So it took me a long time because of HG to be ready to have another child again. I think that that's something to also just kind of be aware of is if that's you, it's totally understandable. I have another friend who has had HG with both kids. She actually had it all nine months. Thankfully, mine stops, well, subsides and gets a lot more tolerable around 16 weeks. But my friend has it all nine months and she's, we're both like this, we can't do it again. We can't get pregnant again. So if, if you're in that position, there are other women who 
understand and sympathize and nobody would judge you for it because it's a very miserable thing to have to experience. But with my first, I was in on a work trip in Vegas and I specifically remember like needing to go back to the hotel room and like get in the bathtub because I didn't feel great, but I was still able to eat. Like, I think that's one of the main differences is when you have HG as somebody who HD compared to like average morning sickness, like the standard recommendation for somebody with morning sickness is like, oh yeah, just make sure that you're eating frequently every two hours, small meals, like that doesn't work. That like literally cannot force yourself to eat. Or if you do, I, I don't know how people could, I feel like I'm rambling, but I don't know how people could go nine months with it because I lost a significant amount of weight in just the first three weeks or the three first three months of having it. Um, so can I, you I describe what it was for it. you? Was it a lot of yeah. vomiting and. So with my first, it was more of the literally debilitating nausea, like it never subsides. You feel like you're constantly on the verge of getting sick. And in addition to that, there, there, for me, there was vomiting. So I was vomiting about four times a day. Um, but it didn't matter if I ate nothing, if I had something to eat. And then in addition to the vomiting, I also had gastroparesis. And so I could go six hours without eating and still be able to throw up because the food was not like digesting and going through my body. So that was like a real fun realization. <laughs> it's like, even if, I don't know. So there were days where I would just be like basically bedridden all day on the verge of throwing up all day, just waiting for it to happen. Um, this time around, thankfully I didn't have the food aversions. So that was the main difference now between my first pregnancy and this one. With my first pregnancy, I had such severe food aversions that in addition to like the debilitating nausea, which was awful and throwing up, it was like no food, absolutely nothing sounded palatable. And so my husband would like be trying to help me and he'd say, you know, can I make you a sand? Like what sounds like the best, can I make you the sa a sandwich, like mashed potatoes? And it, we got to the point where I'd say like, don't even ask me, put something on a plate, put it in front of me. I will close my eyes and eat as much as I can. Like that's how bad it was. And the thing with my first that made it even worse is that food aversion, just a general aversion to food, like all food lasted the entire pregnancy and for about at least 12 months after was just as severe as it was in pregnancy. And then I didn't fully regain an appetite until about two years postpartum. So it was really, really difficult to get pregnant again. I will say that this time I haven't had that food aversion at all. Like even, even when I was, um, dealing with HG at the beginning, which I had more vomiting, I think than nausea in the, the beginning with this pregnancy, but I didn't have food aversions. There would always be something where it's like, okay, I, I can try to eat like strawberries or toast or whatever. 
Um, and that's made this pregnancy a lot easier. I've been able to gain more weight. The baby seems healthier, like just in general, it's been a lot easier. And so I think, um, hopefully postpartum will go better as well because I'll actually be able to nourish myself and all of that. So I think if you, if you've gone through it in the past and you're nervous that your next pregnancy is going to be the same experience, I would just like try to give yourself hope that it could be better. Even if you still struggle with it, maybe it's going to be struggling it with, with it in a different way that makes it a little more tolerable because I will say like, like I said earlier, it took me about three years to over three years to be ready to try to have another baby to feel like I could go through that again. And I'm at the end of this pregnancy and I'm already like, I don't think I want to go through this again, but I am at the point where like, I could probably do this again because it wasn't as miserable as it was the first time. So I think that that's hopeful. Hopefully that shines a little like glimmer of hope on you if you've dealt with it once. Yeah. So you said you were losing weight in the beginning of pregnancy with your first? Yeah. With my first at the end, when I delivered with my first, I had only gained 10 pounds. Um, so it was because I think because of like, I lost both pregnancies, I lost about 25 pounds in the first three months. Um, but then this second pregnancy, I was able to actually like gain a healthy pregnancy amount. Okay. Did you have to get hospitalized? I was never hospitalized for mine. I think it's because my vomiting, like my, my friend that I mentioned that has it all nine months, she would, her medication would take her from vomiting like 20 times a day down to four times. Mine was always like four times was kind of the, I I don't think I ever threw up more than four times a day. So I was, yeah, able to get enough fluids and everything. Most people who are hospitalized with it's because of dehydration. Did you feel like, I know you have a nutrition background. Did you feel like this extra pressure, like you should be able to fix it? That's a really good question. I did with the first, I looked really hard for why this was happening Mm -hmm. and put a lot of probably guilt on myself in hindsight for not having done enough prep work ahead of time to like mitigate the signs of it. So for example, like some people will say that this happens because you're deficient in magnesium. Like that's one of, one of the theories. Nobody really knows. Then there's another theory that if you have H pylori, that it can lead to like significant sickness and pregnancy. And so I did feel like guilty. Like, why didn't I focus on these things ahead of time? But I think I, I knew like there really wasn't anything for me to do. It was just something that I was going to have to bear. And I will say eventually both times I made it from five weeks to 14 weeks before I finally gave in to medication. And thankfully around 14 weeks to 16 weeks is when it starts subsiding for me. Um, so I didn't have to be on medication for long, but that would be another thing that I would say your body is going to take the beating. The baby is going to get what they need. And so if you don't let people guilt you into taking medication, like I, I did have um, a friend who 
I care for deeply, but she was like, oh, I would just be really nervous that the baby, like she kind of put something in my head where I felt then guilty that by not taking medication, I was hurting my child. Right. And I do think that it's a valid concern that there are risks both ways. Right. And so I think that you need to decide, is this something that you can tolerate and you trust your body to be able to provide for your child what it needs during that growth period? Or is it something that makes sense for you to go ahead and start medication like sooner than I did? But are you able to take a prenatal? Yes. So the first time was also really hard because I was trying to take the best prenatal possible. And it was at the time I was taking Seeking Health, which was like eight pills a day. And I mean, it was just horrible. This time around, I told, <laughs> I prepared my husband, who's also very like nutrition focused. And I told him ahead of time, I was like, this time I'm literally taking the gummy <laughs> prenatal. Like I'm not, I'm not dealing with it. And I actually haven't stopped. So I'm just taking like a standard gummy prenatal, but yeah, I was able to take that both times. And both times I also did try to prepare my body as best I could to have like the stores that I needed to go into pregnancy, but there's not really a, a perfect solution when you're <laughs> when you're feeling that way, there's just, there's risks to everything. I think there's risks to not eating enough and there's risks to taking a medication. So you just have to figure out which one you want to take. Yeah. So can you talk about like that going into the second pregnancy once you had that, I'm sure you were worried about going into this again. Yeah. With me, it was mostly like we were very content. My husband and I both were very content with our family. Like we love, loved like just having the three of us and it didn't feel like we were missing anything. And I can't even say that it was, it, it literally like happened for me overnight where I just woke up and like could visualize ourselves having another child. And like, uh, it was very specific. I saw us having another girl. I knew her name and everything. And it's funny because now I have a boy and yeah. my my husband is like, we were never going to name our daughter that. I just wanted you to be able to like <laughs> get pregnant again. So I was just appeasing you in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it was like, it wasn't until I could visualize what our life would look like with the second child that I was willing to go through that again. And then, so you said you started this pregnancy having some HG and it, it went away quicker or it wasn't yeah, as no, severe? Yeah, no, the same it was the exact same time frame. So it started at five weeks. It's so funny because I was actually on vacation both times when it started, um, like with both pregnancies. So it started again at five weeks by six weeks, I started throwing up. And then by, I think 16 weeks is the last time in both pregnancies that I threw up. And then the nausea went away around like 20 to 24 weeks. Um, this pregnancy I have had the nausea return in my third trimester, but it's more, it's not debilitating nausea. It's nausea that you can work through, that you can like take your kid to the park, that you can force yourself to eat to see if that's going to help it go away. Like it's just different than it was before where I was literally like depressed in my bedroom with all the lights off, not working for three months. It's really, really hard. So then what was it like this, this pregnancy? I think you said it was better, um, right? 
I actually, it was just different. It okay. was, I think it was just as hard, but in a different way because I was, I was throwing up more frequently this pregnancy, but I didn't have the food aversion. So that made it easier for me to eat when I like in between throwing up and what made the, in general, the pregnancy easier is that I didn't have those food aversions throughout the rest of my pregnancy. It's yeah. like, as soon, as soon as I stopped vomiting and my nausea started getting better, that's when I was, a, I was actually able to start eating. It wasn't like I, every, literally everything I had to eat was forced food. Yeah. And I know this time we've talked about like meal prep for the postpartum period. I'm sure even something like that, if you have food aversions, you're not wanting to <laughs> think about making, making food ahead for when you have a baby or I, I imagine all of that is hard if you have these yeah. extreme food aversions. Well, and that's the, the hard thing too, is like my friends would, I would talk about how, like if they were asking me how I was doing and I would say like, oh yeah, well, you know, the main symptom is like, I have this general aversion to food. People would joke and they'd be like, oh really? How do I get that? You know, because they like you're shaking your head, but seriously, it's like, I think they, because they think like, oh, well, that's how you lose weight. That's how you don't, you know, quote, gain too much during pregnancy. Like I even had somebody say that to me, she's um, newly pregnant. And she was like, oh man, maybe I'll get that sick this time too. Cause I gained too much with my first. I'm just like, don't say that to people. Like that's really it's really, really difficult to never have an appetite and never find food palatable, like to truly force feed yourself for two years, like really, really difficult. Yeah. First off, that's really insensitive, but yeah. Second of all, it's like, why is, why is weight lost or weight or right. whatever the most important goal ever? <laughs> totally. And you know, even w with my first, it's sad that like the nurses were mentioning things to me right after I had my first child, like while I was in the hospital, like mentioning my weight to me. And I, it's just, you're right. It's, I don't understand why these things have to be comments, yeah. especially from somebody you don't even know, like the nurses, you know? Yeah. I think, I think anybody postpartum, like a lot of people have extreme oversupply and they lose weight quickly, but that's hard. Obviously you don't want to be nauseous your whole pregnancy just to be thinner, like probably just keep anybody's postpartum body comments to yourself. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Good standard recommendation. And on that note, like when you are talking to somebody who is, is pregnant, if they if they mention that they're having a hard time because of nausea or vomiting, I, I think it's okay. It's always okay. And it's natural human instinct to want to relate to somebody to be like, yes, I went through that too. Like, oh my gosh, like early nausea, it's the worst. And to want to try to offer a solution. But I think what we can all be better at, and in this is general advice for having conversations like no matter what you're talking about, but is to listen to that person and their experience and not try to make it about you, but really like listening to what they need to, to get off their chest because they're the one that is going through it right now. And by turning it on to you and your experience may have been totally different than theirs. Well, now it's like invalidating their feelings or it's just, um, 
it's diminishing what you perceive their experience to be like, or it could be diminishing what you perceive their experience to be like, because it wasn't as bad for you. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's can be really harmful. So I think the most sensitive, gracious way to go about this is again, no matter what you're talking about, but if we're talking about HD and like specifically, if somebody brings up the fact that like, Hey, I am really struggling early. You know, you ask them how they're doing and they're like, I'm really struggling. I'm really sick. Instead of being like, oh, I was really sick with mine too. Just say like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, tell me about it. Like, what are you experiencing? Right? Like keep the focus on them. They're going through it. They're the ones that want somebody to listen and talk to about it. A hundred percent. Just like, that sounds hard. Do you want to talk about it? Right. And then you may learn like, oh, their experience wasn't like mine. I could have made that all about me and never even known what they were going through. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you sharing because I know all of these little things where if you're going through something different than people in your life have, I think a lot of people want that, like hearing about other people's experience and knowing they're not alone. So I really appreciate you sharing about this. Of course. So yeah, I know I'm going to have you back on to talk about a couple other things. Um, but is there anything else you wanted to share on this topic? Uh, the one other thing that I would say is to give any friend that you know who who is struggling with HG, even if they haven't been diagnosed with it, if they tell you that their nausea is debilitating, that they can't eat, that whatever it may be, if they isolate themselves, try to give them that space that they need. Because I know for me, in both pregnancies, I felt like I had to isolate myself to get through the day. So I didn't text friends. I didn't call friends. I didn't hang out a lot with my husband. Um, my, he was prepared the second time, but I know the first time he got really scared, like that our marriage was crumbling because I I went into this depressive state. So I think if you feel like your friend needs that, if you feel like your friend is isolating, it might not be you. It might be something that they're going through and maybe just letting them know that you're there if they need you, but not pushing too hard. I think just having compassion for them. Yeah. I love that. Thank you again. I know I'm going to have you back on for a couple more chats. So we will talk soon. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Before you go, if you loved this episode, it would mean so much if you could give a rating and review on iTunes. You can find me on Instagram at Your Nourished Baby. And if you have any topics or questions you want me to cover on the podcast, email me at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com.